Welcome to the third episode of the Good Leadership Podcast of 2022. If you're new here, I'm Paul Botts, the CEO and founder of Good Leadership. I'm an executive coach, and I'm a co-host of this podcast with my friend, Kevin Sensenig. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Paul, and I'm Kevin Sensenig. I have the privilege to serve as the Chief Learning Officer for Good Leadership, as well as be the president of Interaction Dynamics Group, the Mid-Atlantic Good Leadership Partner. Well, we're happy to have you as our Mid-Atlantic Partner. Well, so let's jump into our topic for today, Paul. Uh, think about this idea of healthy tension, whatever the heck that is, right? So what comes to mind when you think of healthy tension? Well, I'm actually going to spin that back on you. You just okay. said whatever the heck that is. Um, you know, I, I, maybe I should ask you, where's the healthy tension in your life right now? I'm, I'm really curious to find out what's been going on in your coaching world this week. And let's just say, well, where are you finding healthy tension, Kevin? Yeah, so I must admit right up front, Paul, in full disclosure, tension is not something I tend to be attracted to in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather keep that away from me and have harmony and goodness happening, right? And so it's taken me a while to get my head around this idea of healthy tension. And I will say in my life today, as I'm working with my team and building my team and, and working through this work we do with clients, uh, we've recognized that healthy tension is really valuable. And we've found some areas where we can have disagreement, we can work through that, we can find the goodness in it, and we actually come out with a really good outcome. So I've been encouraged in the last week or so that healthy tension has been getting better for me, but again, it's not something I'm naturally drawn to. And one of the things I thought a lot about around this topic is that tension, particularly healthy tension, is something that's all around us, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a rubber band does not work unless there's tension on it. Uh-huh. Nature does not work unless there's tension. Movies don't make any sense unless there's a natural tension in the movie. That's for sure. And so when I got my head around those parts and said, wait a minute, tension can be a good thing. How do we use it in a positive way? Then it allowed me to say healthy tension can be an okay thing for me. Well, you and I watch a lot of football. This is football season here. And I'm telling you, these games are no fun at all if there's no tension at the end. Exactly. And there's been some really good tension in some of the games recently. Well, so you asked me what comes to my mind when I hear the words healthy tension. And what I can say here is um, many of our listeners know that I live here in Minnesota, and there's this concept called Minnesota nice. And most of the time when we ask executive teams that same question, what comes to your mind when you hear the words healthy tension? Most of the time they'll say, we don't think it's healthy. Mm. Yeah, and they they don't even question it, they just make a statement. We don't think tension is healthy. And so you're like, okay, so you're trying to create harmony then around the table, right? right? So how do you do that? Well, then they say things like, well, we never disagree. We don't, mm. we don't criticize anyone. We, um, we have a lot of meetings after the meetings and, you know, leaders mm. will do things like saying, well, you, you two take that offline. We don't need to have that right. here in this meeting. And so eventually people realize that harmony is actually the enemy of high performance in a team. Huh. Okay. Especially if you think about it in sports metaphors. If people keep making the same mistake over and over and, and the captain of the team doesn't say, hey, knock it off. That's hurting our performance. You got to make that, you got to do that differently. That healthy tension actually improves the performance of the team. And we think it's the key ingredient for the best teams that we know. Well, thank you, Paul. That's a really good insight. And I want to dig into this a little bit more fully with you. But before we do that, how's your week going? Well, in the context of healthy tension, um, we, uh, my week has a lot of tension in it. And I'm just choosing to interpret it as healthy. We are doubling the size of our office. I talked about that two weeks ago. The construction is still not done. We are wandering around like gerbils. (laughs) 
you know, trying not to touch things that are going to get painted and things like that. So you got that on top of the fact that we have one really transformational opportunity in front of us, one that will cause us to restructure our entire business like literally overnight if the client signs the contract. It is one of those be careful what you wish for scenarios. We're excited and a little nervous all at the same Mm -hmm. time. And I would call that healthy tension, Kevin. Okay, that's tension. And I'll go with you and say I'll see it as healthy. Uh, But I will challenge you here a little bit, Paul, that, that um, that your excitement score is probably showing through a little bit. You said two weeks ago you were having a construction. Two weeks later, we're still under construction. You sound like that's a problem. Construction takes longer than two weeks, Paul. <laughs> yeah, touche, touche. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure that everybody listening here has experienced healthy tension moments like the ones we're talking about here. Uh, but the most important concept here is that it's healthy. So, uh, Kevin, I'm really interested in, in knowing sort of what examples do you have in your coaching practice where you have seen – tension that maybe wasn't so healthy turn into healthy tension. I'm assuming you've got some success stories like that. Yeah, no, thank you for asking. I, in thinking about that, I think probably one of the best examples in our practice is a healthcare organization that invited us into their organization about 16 months ago. Uh, Height of the pandemic, healthcare was really struggling with the pandemic at that time, obviously. But they were struggling because the leadership team and the board were really at each other's throats. They could not find this sense of healthy tension and positivity. Well, that's not good. I mean, there's a lot of tension in healthcare in general right now. And if the team at the top is not getting along, well... You're right. And so we came in to understand what was happening through our discovery interview process and uncovered very quickly that it was based around finger pointing and negativity and an assumption that each side was kind of out to make it difficult on the other side that the leadership team wasn't doing good work because they didn't care about what the board wanted. The board felt like the leadership team just didn't care enough to come in and do the hard work. So you discovered that the tension was not healthy. There's no... It was almost toxic. (laughs) Well, yeah. So there's no part of healthy if you feel targeted, which is what finger pointing is all about. Yeah. Good. I want to hear more. Keep going. Yeah. And so it was a matter of trying to help both sides see the potential of creating healthy tension as a positive element to moving the organization forward. Mm -hmm. And I think they expected, to your point earlier, that we would come in and just create harmony. We'd make them all like each other, want to hang out together, just want to be friends again, and just get along. Did you say that, did you tell them that we're coaches, not magicians? (laughs) Yeah, kind of. I said, you know, we can do a lot of things. We can't always fix those things, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we began to introduce this idea of healthy tension, they kind of recoiled a little bit. They they pulled back and they said, well, we brought you here to make this better. Healthy tension is going to make it worse. We already have tension. And so we had to spend some time explaining the difference between healthy tension and toxic tension and helping them to recognize what was missing in the dynamic of their interaction that was causing it to be a negative environment rather than healthy in that tension. Okay, so I'm going to stop you here because I think this is important. So do you remember how you explained healthy? We began to think of, help them think about what is it that would help them rally together? What was it they both wanted to see as the win? When they began to come together and say, we have some positive things that both of us want to accomplish together, then they began to say, we can't accomplish that if we're all just happy about it. We actually have to do the hard work of getting there. And naturally, there will be tension in that. And so that allowed us then to 
introduced the idea of clear roles and responsibilities to set up some job profiling so they knew exactly who was supposed to be doing what and why. And in that conversation, Paul, we talked to them a lot about, so where are the overlaps, where are the handoffs, and where are the natural conflicts that will exist in that communication and connection that they could view as a good thing, not a negative thing. Yeah, so at some point they must have talked about how finger pointing doesn't help anyone and, you know, feeling targeted and, you know, toxic dialogue. It certainly isn't going to build anything. Well, they caught onto that idea very quickly, but it was as long as they don't point fingers. Mm-hmm. I want to point fingers, but I don't want them to point fingers. Aha. And so when we begin to recognize, no, you both have to stop pointing the fingers and rally around this common direction, that's when that the the, uh, the concern, the challenges came down a little bit. They dropped their guard a little bit, and they got open to this idea of healthy tension. Okay, so we talked about healthy. What kind of tensions actually improved the team? Yeah, so a couple of things needed to happen. One was around making sure we had the right players on the right teams. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing that the board had to recognize was we have a few individuals at the leadership level that really do not represent our values or our culture and are creating a toxic environment within the facility that is causing everyone to feel that frustration with the board. So it was a personal, it was looking at the personnel side of this first. We had the right players on the team. Okay. And the second element was so what are the common things we're measuring together and working towards? So it was creating those items that they could say, we both agree to these metrics, we both see those metrics as valuable. And both the leadership team and the board embraced those and wanted to see those metrics improving together. Mm-hmm. Well, that reminds me of a concept that we wrote about in the How Goodness Pays book that we learned from the CEO of uh, Cargill, Greg Page. He talked mm-hmm. about that the team isn't going to perform unless there's the tension is healthy in ways. So um, he called it zero cost of candor. Yeah. So we got to get to the point where someone can talk candidly about any subject without any cost to their well-being as a person or a professional or specifically their well-being inside the organization. And so I I like how you guys went about that and got to a point where now people were at a place where they really respected and admired each other enough so that they would engage with disagreements. And that that's important. Yeah. So they're about 16 months into this journey, and I can't say they're completely through that, but they're more comfortable with that. What you just said is really important, that they are willing to put the things on the table. They're willing to have the tough conversation. They're willing to share the good and the challenges so they can solve those things together, rather than feeling, I have to solve everything and bring you the final answer. And that's really changed the dynamic of the team. So I'm really curious about the role of the board chair and the CEO. You know, we have a point of view at Good Leadership that um, we think that that part, that should be the highest performing team in the organization, the board chair and the CEO. Did, how, were they getting along? You know, what was their role in this? Well, that I think was really the impetus of the challenge. They at one point in time did get along extremely well. In this time period, we entered the organization. They were not getting along at all. Uh, they were at the point they did not want to talk to each other, did not want to see one another, only wanted to hear bad stories about one another, not good stories about one another. And so the board actually had to make a decision to remove the CEO and replace that person because it got so toxic that the CEO at the time just took it to a whole nother level of dysfunction that they realized we can't succeed if we don't have a replacement there. So they actually made a change there. And the new person coming into that senior role and the board chair 
have reset that nicely, getting along extremely well and are very well connected. Well, so I, I admit that I missed that earlier. Were you referring to people that were in the wrong roles or maybe not doing their job well? When you're talking about the CEO, that explains uh, that explains a lot of this. Yeah. I may not have said that as clearly before. I was thinking about the leadership team at the time, but it, it started with the CEO and it had that change allowed them then to make other changes in the leadership team because obviously that individual was attracting in people more like themselves not people that were going to help for the business. And so we had, they had to make some other changes further down the ranks, so to speak, to make sure they had a leadership team really bought into the direction of the organization. So I'm going to ask you about the success habits here shortly, but there's two things that come to my mind here, and that is that the more transformational a change that happens in any organization, whether it's a board or not, um, it's equally as disruptive to someone else. And it's clear that the transformation was disruptive to that CEO. And the only way you could resolve that was to actually cut those ties. And right. not all boards and not all leaders have the courage to actually recognize things like that and make that kind of a, um, a move. Um, right. In addition to that, we have this mantra you and I talk about a lot in our coaching, and that is that when the team at the top is not aligned, everyone suffers. Correct. So if you see the CEO and the board chair as a team and they're not aligned, then the board suffers and the executive right. team suffers and they take it out right. on everyone. And it's just an avalanche of not very good things. Exactly. So let's go back to the success habits here. You and I both enjoy being able to put our fingers on what we thought the success habits of these teams were for them to uh, get on a path to thriving together. Mm -hmm. So um, help me understand, what do you think were the success habits that came out of this? Yeah, so I think on that structural side we talk about, like how the team solves problems and works well together in that framework, it was the scorecard that they created, a public scorecard where they agreed to, these are the metrics that matter the most, and we know we can each begin to impact those in a positive way. And so the board sees those, the leadership team helped create those, and they have bought into working together to make those metrics better. So that commonality and that sense of communication around the scorecard has really enhanced the positive interaction they have rather than the negative interaction they have. Well, that's interesting because we talked about the public scorecard two weeks ago on the last podcast, and it was a story I was telling about this woman named Adriana. So that, that's, that's, there's some themes going on here. Yeah, so exactly. then how about the other success habit you mined out of this? Yeah, so the second part on the relational side was making sure that the leadership team could begin to have the one-on-one conversations among themselves as a team and also with the board members in a very open and honest way. In other words, they could drop the guard of protecting their role and share very openly, this is what's working well, what's not working well. Here's where I could use some help and support Here's why I want to move this forward on my own and, and, and fill you in later. And so that allowed the board then to make sure they had the right people in the right roles. So it helped clarify the roles, but it also allowed the team to interact individually and as a team more effectively. Yeah, that's fascinating because I, we do some board governance work as well. And often we talk about how inappropriate one-on-one -on -one conversations actually hurt the governance of the board. But in this particular yeah. case, one of the success habits was that you set up one-on-one -on -one conversations so people could actually understand each other better and understand the context yeah. and talk openly and freely about what they were seeing and feeling in the board. I, I think that's really... I think that's really brilliant. I, I, I've never heard of a solution like that in this kind of a context. I'm going to remember that for my own coaching. So to summarize for our listeners, we identified 
two success habits. And the structural success habit is something that's been a theme in past podcasts here. And that is to build a scorecard that everyone on the board and the executive team can see to track progress on the most important things. Right. So that it's right there, open accountability. Uh-huh. Okay, and then the relational success habit, which I think is a fresh idea, is to deliberately create one-on-one conversations between board members mm-hmm. and executive team members to talk openly about what they're seeing and feeling about the board so they can mm-hmm. they can develop relationships that allows them to be freer and you know bring out that healthy component in the tension. Yeah. Okay, good. No, well well recap. Thank you, Paul, because I think that's what we're seeing now. That openness to share what's happening, to come together and communicate openly around the good and the challenges. And then work together as a team to resolve those. And they're seeing great success and great momentum around that. Well, this concept of healthy tension, it's it's really important. We really do believe that the enemy of high performance is um, harmony. Yeah. And that if you spend a lot of time trying to maintain harmony, you're actually losing the grip on your organization. And you mm-hmm. and I both know that the highest performing board members and team members are people who are paying attention They want their voice to be heard. They want to weigh in on everything. And it's impossible to let them do that if you're trying to maintain harmony. Exactly. Well, one other thing that crosses my mind before we uh, close this podcast, and that my observation now after doing this work for almost 30 years, is that the only way powerful people actually get along is if they feel like they're building something special together with people they respect and admire. And I just don't see how you can respect and admire people who aren't willing to speak their minds. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And perhaps as coaches, that's one of the most valuable things we do is to help create an environment, especially in team coaching, where everybody feels safe. So there's zero cost of candor and you can weigh in on anything and knowing that it will be respected and it'll make the team a better team. Well, that really speaks to me, Paul, because I've noticed a little shift in my own coaching work the last few months, and that is encouraging leaders to step forward and state what they're seeing and feeling and where they're at so others can interact with them better. And that's creating the healthy tension that goes with that. So that really connects nicely for me. Thank you. Well said, Kevin. And with that, I think we've reached the end of another Good Leadership Podcast. To our listeners out there, thank you very much for taking the time today to work on your good leadership. And we hope that you really enjoyed today's episode, and we always want to hear from you, whether it's thoughts for future ideas you'd like us to speak to in the, in the podcast, or ideas and thoughts you have from what we shared today. Uh, feel free to reach out to us at info at goodleadership.com. That's I-N-F-O at goodleadership.com, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks, Kevin. You really make everything that we do together fun. I appreciate about you. I'm going to keep saying that every single podcast. So let's remember together then that harmony is the enemy of high performance. Goodness pays when people feel like they are thriving together. And if you really care about the people on your team, you're going to create healthy tension so everyone actually does thrive together. It's that thrive together idea that really fuels your passion and mine for the idea that good leadership is a team sport. And I really do hope that our listeners can use this information and really build the team of their dreams. Well, thank you, Paul. This is a lot of fun to do and look forward to talking to you very soon. 